Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump wraps up the rhetoric on Robert Mueller, calling him out by name as some Republicans warn the leader of their party not to fire that special counsel. Plus, an inside look at Hope Hicks' wild ride in the White House. This is State of America Tonight. For the president or his lawyer to even ingest talk about firing Mueller or ending his investigation is unacceptable. If he tried to do that, that would be the beginning of the end of his presidency. Trump is getting no real pushback from the leaders of his own party, so I think that just emboldens him to go further. The entire thing has been a witch hunt, and uh, there is no collusion. Once it goes after Mueller, I think that people see that as a massive uh, red line. We're going to continue to fully cooperate out of respect for the special counsel. Why aren't we passing legislation to protect this probe, make sure it's allowed to go forward? Welcome, I'm Paula Newton, live in New York, and this is State of America Tonight. Now, will he or won't he? President Trump's latest guessing game is keeping Washington and far beyond in a heck of a lot of suspense this Monday. And for a change, we're not talking about which cabinet member is on his or her way out. No, 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 no. Today, the talk is all about Robert Mueller. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. He wasn't supposed to go down this road. Yes, he did. He is talking about whether or not the special counsel investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election will continue to do so. Now, not long ago, the president insisted Mueller's job was absolutely safe. Yeah, yeah. Back up just a little bit. Remember this? Mr. President, have you thought or thought about or considered uh, leading the dismissal of the special counsel? Is there anything that Bob Miller could do that you would send you in that direction? I haven't given it any thought. I mean, I've been reading about it from you people. You say, oh, I'm going to dismiss him. No, I'm not dismissing anybody. No, I'm not. That was pretty definitive there, wasn't it? Well, let's fast forward just a few months. And Mr. Trump has a decidedly different tone. Just days after the special counsel subpoenaed the Trump Organization for Documents, And as Mueller reportedly sent potential questions, yeah, those questions he has for the president, to his entire legal team. Trump, again, is back on the attack, it seems. Calling out Mueller by name, yeah, that's different. Calling out by name on Twitter and saying the probe should have never started because in his words, quote, there was no collusion and there was no crime. Now, the president's personal attorney is also speaking out, telling CNN, quote, I pray that Acting Attorney General Rosenstein will follow the brilliant and courageous example of the FBI Office of Professional Responsibility and Attorney General Jeff Sessions and bring an end to alleged Russia collusion investigation. Now, the rhetoric, which follows the firing of Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, is sparking alarm among Republicans, but only some Republicans, we should add. One of them, South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy, had this blunt message for the president's attorney. 
to suggest that Mueller should shut down and that all he is looking at is collusion. If you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it. Okay, that was pretty blunt. Senators Lindsey Graham and Jeff Flake offered their warnings directly to the president. For the love of God, leave Mueller alone. Well, as I said before, if he tried to do that, that would be the beginning of the end of his presidency because we're a rule of law nation. Talking uh, to my colleagues all along, it was, uh, you know, once he goes after Mueller, uh, then we'll take action. I think that people see that as a massive uh, red line uh, that can't be crossed. There's that red line again. Now, outgoing Pennsylvania Republican congressman. Outgoing is key there. Charlie Dent says firing Mueller would be reminiscent of another White House steeped in controversy. Think back just a little bit. Take a listen. Let the special counsel do his job. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, if if he's relieved, uh, I'll tell you, that would be the equivalent of a Saturday night massacre, just like when Archibald Cox was fired during the uh, during the Nixon days. It would be a political earthquake. Okay, a political earthquake. All right. Now, one bipartisan Senate bill would block Mueller's ouster unless he violates the code of ethics. Now, the bill's co-sponsor, Democrat Chris Coons of Delaware, says after this weekend's tweets, more Republicans really do need to get on board. The best way to signal our determination from the Senate to ensure the rule of law and to protect this particular special counsel and future special counsels would be for senators of both parties to join these bills. Okay, but another Democrat thinks he's got a finger on a pulse here. Connecticut's Jim Himes says, yeah, just don't hold your breath waiting for his colleagues across the aisle to act. The sad fact is that the majority party in both chambers of the Congress are not yet ready to uh, to step up with a statutory protection uh, for Bob Mueller. They would regard that as a as a as a punch in the face of the president at a time when many of them are facing primary elections. Now, in a statement, White House counsel Ty Cobb said President Trump is not, I repeat, is not considering or even discussing Mueller's ouster. And a top Trump aide downplayed the tweets, saying the president is simply angry. Yeah, we get that after months of being under scrutiny. I think the president's expressing his frustration, which I think is well warranted and merited. As I said, there has been no evidence whatsoever of collusion. There's been millions and millions of dollars spent at taxpayer expense trying to uncover this. Now, one person who the president would have likely turned to in the midst of all this, Hope Hicks, the former White House communications director and longtime aide. She is so close to the president that some considered her a member of the family. Now, as you know, Hicks resigned from her post last month shortly after a scandal involving her then boyfriend and former White House aide, Rob Porter. Now, in a very revealing New article, New York Magazine is shining a spotlight, not just on Hicks, but also the White House that she left behind. And Olivia Nuzzi is the author of that piece, and she joins me now. Uh, Olivia, look, (laughs) this was a riveting article. I kind of felt like I was reading some beach blanket thriller, thriller, and Hope Hicks is such a heroine in all this. And yet it's hard to believe that she, at this moment, sits shares a wall with the president at the Oval Office and was privy to so much. I mean, just your impressions in terms of what she's meant to the president uh, over the last year and some uh, more than that, actually, in terms of her starting in the campaign. 
Right. I mean, she's been invaluable to the president. She's been by his side since January of 2015. It's over a thousand days uh, with the president. Uh, she's been, I, I think I wrote that she's been closer to him than any of his former wives, current wife, any of his children. Wow. Um, I have a source in the piece saying that to Trump, she's much closer than Ivanka Trump or any of the, any of his sons. Um, she spent so much time with him. I think that's the thing you have to really remember. And through all of that, she has always been loyal. She's always put him first. He's never had to question what her judgment is. And I think he also relies on her to sort of uh, be able to tell what other people's motives are. People who are not from uh, their inner circle when they come in, she's able to be able to tell him her gut reaction about whether or not their motives are in his best interest. And I think he thinks that she's normally right. Yeah. And, and the level of trust that, that you describe here, I mean, you describe her leaving as an amputation and describe the fact that she's kind of filling in for faculties he doesn't have, like memory, like as if she walks into the office. I mean, explain some of the dynamics there in terms of what it will mean for him day to day. I mean, without her day to day, this is a man who appreciates routines. Uh, he is old. I mean, he just is. <laughs> you know, he has routines that he has been um, solidifying for like 71 years. And I think in the White House, it's an unfamiliar place. It's an unfamiliar setting. He does not like Washington. He doesn't experience it. You know, he doesn't leave like the one block radius outside of the Oval Office. Um, he doesn't have many friends here. Everyone obviously wants something from him. He's the president. Um, he's and, and I just not want, in, I just want to stop Trump you. Tower. I want to stop you there for a minute. Everyone wants something from him. I, you, you allude to this in the article, but the fact is that he doesn't think Cole Picks wants anything from him, which is why he trusted her so right. much, in some ways trusting her more than his own children, who he knows right. will inherit his fortune someday. Right. Right. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, it's a little bit uh, grim to read about it as plainly as uh, some of my sources talked about it, but I think it is true. And I think Hope Hicks, I mean, she's an interesting psychological study because you have to wonder what could motivate somebody for three years to devote their life to somebody who they are not related to um, for a political cause when they're not really a political person. Uh, she's just a, she's a registered Republican from this Greenwich family. It seems pretty establishment, normal stuff, not Trump world stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that she, you know, she grew up playing sports. I know that sounds silly, but I think that she really does think right. about this, like you don't leave your player on the field. And yeah. this is, you know, she's seeing it through. Or yeah, she was. Understood. understood. And in terms of some of the substance of what's gone on here, I mean, you quote John Kelly sources with John Kelly that say that he didn't really understand what Hope Hicks was doing there when he walked into his job as chief of staff. And you say he doesn't like a woman that potentially has some position of power over mm -hmm. him. He thinks women should be subservient to him. If you look at his relationship with Ivanka or Hope, women should not be subservient to him. I, I want to point, point something out here, though. Hope Hicks is not directly quoted in this article, but my gosh, she certainly could be. Your sourcing is impeccable. This really reads as the way she would want to portray things in the White House, including well, the way John Kelly treats her. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that uh, statement. There are a lot of things in this article that Hope Hicks did not know about uh, until we went back to her on fact-checking. I mean, most of the article is not uh, a reflection of anything that I picked up you know, from her during my time observing her. Um, but I do obviously have a lot of insight uh, from that time observing her and the time I spent with her over the last few weeks. Um, but it also it's a collection. I, I interviewed over 30 sources, senior White House officials currently, 
former senior White House officials, campaign officials, sources close to the president. So it is not just, uh, I, you know, I want to make sure it's clear, it's not just an as-told-to from Hope Hicks to New York Magazine. Um, it's not that at all. You know, this is really, I tried to paint a comprehensive picture to the extent that I could interview everybody involved. Now, some people, like John Kelly, would not speak to me. I think the White House maybe didn't want that to happen. Um, I tried many different times. But you know, I really did try to speak to everybody who is mentioned in this article and, and do my best to be comprehensive about that. It's not just, you know, Hope Hicks's view of the world. I would love to publish that if she wants yeah. to go on the record, but I yeah. don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, the investment of time to read this uh, article is worth it. And then some, it is entitled, What Hope Hick Knows, and I bet we're about to find out in the months to come. Olivia Newsy, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It. I sure hope we find out. Still ahead, Donald Trump stepping up his blistering attacks on the Russia probe. And now it's getting personal. We'll ask our panel whether the president could be trying to lay the groundwork for firing the special counsel, Robert Mueller. White House says President Donald Trump is clearly frustrated. No kidding. But insists his tweet storm attacking the Russia investigation and Robert Mueller himself does not mean he's moving to oust the special counsel. We shall see. And our panel will as well. Let's get them to weigh in here. We're joined by John Celebi's former chief of staff to Democratic Senator Max Baucus, Rob Astorino, a former New York local government official who does support President Trump. Caitlin Huey Burns, national political reporter for Real Clear Politics, and Evans Great, he's Republican strategist and author of GOP GPS. Thank you all, Rob. You know I'm going to you first. What the <laughs> heck set this off? So okay, so but, but, let's, <laughs> but just to like, we're going to put icing on the cake of all those yeah. tweets because just this morning the tweet read, "Caps a total witch hunt and massive <laughs> conflicts of interest." Of course. Exclamation mark. Listen, tell me, please. I'm dying to know what set this off. He mentioned him by name. The tweet storm would not end. He was clearly frustrated. I'd say when, you know, I'd say he was just plain angry and he was not going to take it anymore. Please explain. (laughs) I can't. No, I think here's the issue. I mean, ultimately, Donald Trump got what he desired, right? McCabe was fired. And everyone in the world knows that that's what Trump wanted. So it was done. Right, wrong, or different, we don't know because we haven't seen the actual report from the IG. But I have to assume that there's something there serious enough that they could justify it because it will be appealed. Trump should never have gone to Twitter over the weekend to crow about it because it now becomes about him and it makes it look like he was okay, pushing this. In, he got it Okay, done. but in trying to connect the he dots a little bit, it. it's not that he just crowed about McCabe. The fact is he called out Mueller, Mueller what I anybody get, know, who's interested in his future tells him not to I, do. I, well, the problem is they can't control him. I mean, there's no secret there. He went out and he was so giddy about McCabe and he was going after Mueller now, and I think that's a mistake. I really do. Caitlin, I want to go to you because you've been observing this chaos. The president is on the record saying, I like the chaos, I like the conflict, there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with this. But we're not talking about the opioid announcement that he just made in New Hampshire. We're not even talking about North Korea, which a lot of people so far want to give him credit for. What is he getting out of this, and do you really think that the Mueller investigation is getting so close now that he just can't stand it? Well, we remember... 
Trump identified his red line, so to speak, as Mueller looking into his family finances or that kind of thing. We know that Mueller had subpoenaed the Trump organization. So that might, might be one thing here. We've also seen from reporting in the New York Times from Maggie Haberman that um, now that he has kind of got the inner circle that he wants uh, in terms of getting people out of his cabinet, that he feels more empowered to kind of be himself. What I think, though, is that the president has kind of boxed himself in on this Mueller probe. I mean, he could have easily let this all play out. Uh, and, and if Mueller comes back with nothing uh, related to collusion, then the president can say, look, this is a this was a you, you all praised him and his credibility. And, and there's not he says there's nothing here or. Uh, but now it looks like he has something to hide from this. Um, and that's that's the big uh, question here. And that's why, you know, if you're a Republican running for Congress, this year, um, the last thing you want is for uh, Donald Trump to fire special counsel. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, but Evan, okay, while we showed some Republicans who were coming out and were adamant, look, just please do not fire Mueller. Look, some Republicans have pressed the mute button on this. Why? Because they don't want to upset the base. They still have primaries to run. And if you say anything against Donald Trump in our party right now, you can get a primary. There was a poll that came out over the weekend from the Wall Street Journal that said 59% of Republicans consider themselves loyal to Donald Trump over being loyal to the Republican Party itself. And that shows that the party is in a cult-like status. And I don't think that's appropriate for the party. But what we also saw with President Trump and why he's going after Bob Mueller, it is because he is increasingly in a bubble of his own making. He only goes out to places where he knows he's going to have a good time and be supported 100%. So when you create this bubble and you're not hearing any dissent or from people on the street or people in your own administration saying maybe you should even do it that uh, a different way, you're thinking this is good. And are you thinking that you can get away with it? And the other part is with the Mueller uh, subpoena that Maggie Haberman at the New York Times reported on on Thursday. Right, that must have She really, went yeah. through, or they went, Mueller did not go through the typical way of requesting documents. When Mueller issues a subpoena like that, that tells me from the time I spent in the federal courts that... Mueller believes there's a good chance that the Trump organization or somebody would destroy or hide things he asked for if he didn't use a subpoena. Yeah, I mean, John, when, when you look at this, and, and we can bring up one of the polls um, that, uh, you know, have been referenced from that same Wall Street Journal, NBC News poll, it does show that the president's approval ratings are ticking up ever so slightly. Yes, believe it or not, actually, he's got some momentum there. But what do you think it's going to take to have the Republicans hold him to account on this? Because let's be clear, in the wildest dreams of any Democrats, He's not likely to get impeached. He's not even likely to get indicted. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think Republicans are going to hold him to account at, at the end of the day. And that's what elections are for. And I think it's why it's smart for Democrats actually not to be focused on the special counsel investigation. What they need to be focused on is, is what their vision is for taking back Congress. And it's the issues that voters care about. It's protecting health care. It's being against the corporate tax cuts that the Republicans in Congress passed. And, you know, as Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania showed, it's for being for, you know, the right of workers to organize, which was a which was a big issue in well, that district. And, and it's for being things that Donald Trump has talked about as well. We'll get to that in other shows coming up. They called her the Trump whisperer and she has his ear. That's for sure. Now we're all ears, all of us on some of the secrets from Hope Hicks's time in the White House. Trickle out. Stay tuned for this. You don't want to miss it.
she has heard and seen more than anybody else besides the president himself. And the president, although he says he's got the world's greatest memory, does not. And Hope Hicks does. I mean, her memory is nearly photographic. As I reported, she keeps multiple notebooks. Uh, they are these black leather notebooks that say Trump in gold on the front, because of course. And um, I think things like that are going to be of, of serious interest to federal investigators. Wow. I mean, what an article. What Hope Hicks knows. We still don't know. And the article didn't really get into it. That was just kind of a teaser. Yeah, guys, and you guys need to snap out of it. This is not a House of Cards script, okay? (laughs) This is real-time politics in the White House. Rob, I mean, in terms of Hope Hicks, she, Olivia in her article described it as an amputation. Do you think that's going so far? No, you know, I, I know what she means because, you know, when you're at the top in any a CEO of a big corporation or a top executive in government, you know, there's a, a small group of people who you really trust with everything. And they've been with you since the beginning, you know, your friends, you've been in the trenches. And then there's the other part of the team that you bring in from all different areas. She is a friend and confidant. And when you lose that, you start to feel more and more alone. You know, that you, the next person who comes in, you don't know how much you can trust them and, and what they're ultimate goal is. They're part of the team, but they also, you know, they're not 100% on board. She was 100% on board. And so I I think you do, as an executive, you do lose some people along the way, and and it's not easy. Now, I want to point out that in the article as well, it's not just us and idle gossip here, right? I mean, there were things about how the White House is run in there. And I want to point to one thing about John Kelly, according to Olivia Nussi's sources. The quote is that he doesn't like a woman that potentially has some position of power over him. He thinks women should be subservient to him. If you look at his relationship with Ivanka or Hope, women who aren't subservient to him, he has problems with those people. Caitlin, what do you think? Certainly interesting. I mean, what was interesting about Hope Hicks was that she had been there from the beginning. She was not one of those, to your point, about um, kind of seeking a different kind of power or seeking something, you know, that people usually want to work in the White House for. Um, What I thought was very interesting about this article was that Olivia notes that, you know, she really thought of, of, she really liked Trump as a person and identified, you know, as uh, in a personal relationship. And that kind of was the driver of everything. So, Her exit, you know, a lot of people are talking about it as, you know, her exit kind of lets Trump kind of be loose. And a lot of people are asking the question, okay, what does that look like if we've already seen (laughs) the past year? Not to put too fine a point of it. I kind of, John, I don't know what you think about this, but can you not give the president some room and the fact that, I mean, Barack Obama had a few people like that in the White House as well. They were young, they were vibrant. We all like to be around, those of us who aren't young, like to be around young people. <laughs> some of us at the table still are young. Um, you know, he, he just had her there as that sense of confidence, somebody he could trust. Could you not cut him some slack for that? Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, uh, she was clearly a very important advisor to him. They, you know, as, as Rob said, they had a really close relationship and, and, that's very hard to replicate. And so, you know, that, that, you know, by virtue of that, that's a really valuable thing for him okay, to have. Okay, but the corollary of that, then, when you think about the way John Kelly might have been interpreting her presence, then sure. where are we? That, that w- you know, that I can see why he might think that that's a threat. Uh, you know, the other thing that that article also pointed out was that the president actually seems to like taking advice from women more than men. He that was tends, to, he, yeah. oh he tends to feel threatened by yeah. sort of strong men around him. So but he doesn't trust them. He, he, trust, he seems them. to he trust women, women more. Yeah. And I guess if you look at his relationship with his children, he seems to trust Ivanka more. Yep. I mean, Evan, where do you think this brings Hope Hicks now? Because let's be clear, whether you're Robert Mueller 
or, quite frankly, anyone else in his orbit, she knows a lot. What will she do with that information now? She's, she's a young, young woman. Well, first of all, you said that this administration is in a house of cards, and that's 100% correct. It's much more the thick of it or veep when you look at how they're working because <laughs> it's just so much chaos. And that's what the president has spun out there. I think Hope Hicks, because of her role, was completely central to everything that happened. The president had her office right next to his, and he would scream out and ask for her to come in so she could be his memory because he never writes anything down. What I feel absolutely sympathetic for Hope Hicks, the White House in any administration will grind you down and make you want to leave and have a life again. And now that she's leaving, the president's losing his human valium. He's losing his memory as well in Hope Hicks. She calmed him. She was able to help him remember things. I want to know who's going to actually be able to step in and fill it. Can Kellyanne Conway do that? And I don't know if that can Yeah, happen. and an open question that we have to leave there. Such a great article, though, really. It really pulled back the curtain on so many things. I want to thank all of our panelists and thank you for joining us. This is day 424 of President Trump's administration. And that was State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We will see you right back here again tomorrow. Yeah. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.